Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Scruffy City Sports. This is Norm coming to you with uh, on my little handheld. It's 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 gotten kind of easy to where I can just, you know, record something on the fly, I guess you could say. And today is uh, uh, as I'm recording this portion, it's Saturday, March 26th. I'm sure I will do stuff from the 20, uh, it's the 25th, Norm, not the 26th. Uh, but as I was saying, I'm sure I'll record stuff uh, tomorrow on the 26th for the baseball game. I just wanted to get on here and, and kind of talk about the NCAA tournament and my feelings and all that stuff now that I've had a day, I guess you could say, to digest my feelings and thoughts and eat them or drink them away, however you want to say that. But you know, it's it's hard for me to be upset with this basketball team. I've been saying it for weeks now, probably since the beginning of the season, that sweet it was Sweet 16 for me. That was my high watermark for this program. And then ZZ went down, and I, I didn't really sway from that any. I, I still wanted, you know, us to make the tournament, which was, you know, we had shored that up in about the month of January with some quality wins over you know Kansas and whoever else we beat in the battle of Atlantis champions that we were but still I guess after listening to the the call-in shows and and stuff like that on Friday I, I just don't know where this fan base is you, you've got the people out there the you know some radio people in Knoxville call them the barnstormers uh, the people that want to get rid of Rick Barnes, and, and then you've got his defenders, and and I'm just kind of somewhere in the middle. I'm I'm old enough to remember when basketball was not a thing here for for a while at UT, and then Bruce Pearl showed up, and it was relevant again, and then kind of dipped out of the water there with the Conzo era, even though you know he he got us to the Sweet Sixteen. And then, you know, we had the Grant and Admiral show, which kind of reinvested my spark for basketball again, and I was excited, and here we are. You know, Rick Barnes has made the tournament, I think, every year that he's been here. I'm not going to count 2020 uh, because I, I don't feel like time happened then. It just kind of stood still, and it was, you know, during the pandemic. Um, so I'm not going to count that, but I just don't – I don't know. I'm conflicted. You know, I feel like I said it last week that our path was the best that it had ever been to maybe make, you know, an elite eight or a final four run all while saying that I just wanted a a sweet 16 and that was it for me. But I just, I'm not going to rip the guys. I'm not going to do that. It's, it's not in my nature to, you know, call out a player or a manager or anything like that. I'm just not going to do that. I guess I, where I'm at, I was frustrated. I really thought that, you know, going into the first half, we should have really been, you know, this is a Florida Atlantic game that we ended up losing, if you didn't know that. I, I don't even remember the score. I think we ended up losing by seven. It probably should have been more than that if we're being truthful here with ourselves. But I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I think where, you know, the fan base is frustrated. You know, we get to the tournament, but don't ever make any progress there. You know, if if we – I just don't know. I, I don't – you know, I'm saying this, and, and there's some things I'd like to say, and I'm just not going to because I don't – you know, I'm not a curmudgeon or someone that, you know, wants to rip Rip Barnes, and I'm not going to do that. I, I feel like, you know, we looked flat. I feel like aside from Meshack and poor Vesco did what he could, but we just didn't, didn't show up. Our veterans didn't show up, and, and I'm just – conflicted because i said it earlier i just feel like we had the best chance to make a final four run and and, you know 
Am I happy we got to the tournament? Yes. Am I going to look back and maybe say that this team, you know, analytically, you know, the numbers, you know, were the best team ever analytically that was going forward and forward and forward and all that stuff. Am I happy with all that? Yes, I am. Do I care about any of those numbers now going back that we're done with the tournament? Probably not. No. Um, did I ever buy into those numbers as a fan? Yes, of course. I think everyone did. I think all the the media heads, you know, aside from I don't think Tony Basilio was ever on that bandwagon, but a lot of people out there, the stats by will that I told you to go follow, which is still a great follow, you know, they they were pushing for us to to follow those numbers and enjoy that. And I think, you know, numbers can be whatever you want them to be. You can make them, you know, you can't skew them, but you can make them into whatever you want them to be and, and, you know, finagle them and things like that. And I think that was a product of that. We had a lot of big blowout wins and, you know, we kept our starters in for most of those wins, but it is what it is as far as basketball goes. And I'm, you know, excited for the the run that those seniors had. I, I don't want to applaud them, thank them for their time here, thank them for their service, things like that. And I wish them all the best. You know, that being said, most all of those guys have a COVID year. I don't know if they're going to come back. Time will only tell. You know, if Euros wants to come back or Santi wants to come back, Triple J, uh, Olivier, Tyreek Key, I'm pretty sure, you know, saying that without researching and Googling it, 99% of those guys can come back if they want to. Uh, will the program want them to come back? That's to be determined. Uh, what about our standout freshman, Julian Phillips? Is he going to come back or is he going to dip his toe into the transfer portal or, or NBA market? Tom will tell on that as well. Um, but I'll be here for you. We can, you know, hold hands and, and kumbaya and, and get ready for basketball and, you know, seven or eight months, I guess, whenever it is, you know, November-ish, I guess, is when it kicks back up. And, We'll talk about it. I'm sure we'll pick up, you know, we'll refresh our entire roster like we've done several times. But going forward, I guess I'm excited to see what Adu, Awaka, if he stays or goes, and um, Meshack are going to offer for this team because I'm super excited about it. I think Meshack is, you know, a bull in a china shop at times, but he showed a lot of heart, a lot of dog in him, I guess is kind of the technical savvy term that a lot of people say these days. And I'm, I'm looking forward to what, um, you know, he's going to bring for the table in the 23-24 season. You know, and I just, I'm excited. I'm not going to get on here and call for Rick Barnes' head or call for his job. I think he does a great job. He's a, he's a great guy. Um, just wish we could make a deeper run in the tournament. But, you know, time will tell on that. Maybe there's always next year. Uh, and as a Vol fan, you know, you got to stay ready for cup check you, as they say. And uh, I think that's all we're going to talk about basketball. Again, I want to thank all the, uh, you know, the guys, their effort. It was a great season. I think, in a, you know, after we give it a few days to reflect, we'll all probably say that without ZZ, you know, who knows? Could we have done better in the tournament with him? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I hope he has a speedy recovery, and I look forward to seeing him back on the court soon. Uh, I think it's probably a little unrealistic to expect him to be back at the beginning of the season. I, I would say SEC play is probably at best if he, you know, if he grinds it out in the training room and all those things. But again, time will tell, and I'm excited, you know, going forward that the basketball season's over, and you know, we'll deep dive into baseball. 
And with all that said, we'll we'll segue into something else now. Now that we've talked Tennessee basketball, let's jump over to the baseball team. And I will say that I am extremely glad to see that those guys have finally warmed up. I don't know if Tony was able to get them some thermal underwear, some hot hands or hot cocoa or some warm tea. I don't know what was able to get there, but Tuesday night's game against Western Carolina. Look, the body language was better. I think Tony Vitello, he didn't say it in his postgame game conference but i'll say it i think he was trying to send a message to some guys and he did say this in one of his interviews uh pregame was that you know some of these guys need to get the feeling that they're not always going to start that they're not always going to be starting the game or they're not always going to be playing and i think tuesday night's lineup if you've not gone back and seen that uh, or saw that essentially everybody that's a starter other than blake burke set that game uh, and and I, I guess my biggest takeaway from that was the Maui Ahuna and Christian Moore. They were our only offense for that game. It doesn't really matter. That's in the past. And as I'm recording this, Tennessee's you know already won the series against Texas A&M, and we'll get to that. But you know, I think Tony Vitello does not get enough credit for being a great manager. Uh, for that i know that you know since he's been here and all last year you know losing was not something we did regular regularly and i don't think us as fans get to see how good of a coach or in-game manager that he really is and i think tuesday night's lineup was sending a message to some of those guys like hey you need to put up or show up essentially for some of that stuff and and i thought the body language tuesday night looked better our bats look good you know, there's, there's no real big takeaways for Norm as far as Tuesday night's game goes. We played like 27 players, nine position players, and then I think 10 or 11 pitchers, however you get to 27 from 19. I guess it would be nine, Norm. Takeaways from that game, Christian Moore – or Christian Scott. I'm sorry, Christian Scott, not Christian Moore. we got a couple Christians. I get confused easily. Had a home run, so did Cal Stark. It's good to see those guys get some offense going. I mean, I, there, there's not really a lot to take away from this game. Xander Seacrest played a great, pitched a great game. Uh, he went three and two thirds, allowed three hits, four strikeouts. Uh, the staff as a whole, uh, what was it, uh, fourteen? Yes, fourteen strikeouts on two walks. That's great to see. Again, I was just here for the body language Tuesday night. It was a good to see them bounce back from that atrocious series sweep against Missouri. The boys warmed up, and that's that's really all I've got to say about the Tuesday night game. Uh, going forward into the weekend, and I just alluded to it a second ago, Tennessee so far, as I'm recording this, uh, the Sunday game is still going on. So I will talk about that like I did last week. I'll cover the two games here on the podcast, and then I'll do uh, kind of a series recap tomorrow on my little handheld device and then throw all the podcasts together. You'll be none the wiser, but that's I'm just letting you know what happens in the background, the due diligence and the effort I put into this podcast for you people to listen to. But anyway, enough about that. Friday night's game was a 6:30 first pitch. A big crowd as always over there at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Tennessee did go on to win this game 10 to 4. Uh, Texas A&M came out early in the first inning and kicked us in the teeth. Uh, they put up two on us pretty quickly there against Dolander, but Tennessee bounced back in the bottom of the first inning and scoring five runs. Uh, and then it was pretty smooth sailing, I guess you could say, from there on out. 
uh, highlights for the game. My all-star player of the game, I guess you could be, would be Maui Ahuna. He had uh, two extra base hits. He had a, a double and a triple. Blake Blakey Bombs Burke had a uh, home run again. I think he's up to nine now on the season. I do not believe he hit one on Saturday. Let me double check quickly before I tell you otherwise. He did not have a home run on Saturday. There were no home runs by Tennessee on Saturday. So there you go. Blake's up to nine. Uh, great outing by the team. Really bounced back after getting kicked in the teeth in the first inning. It was good to see that. I think our approach looked a little better at the plate. As far as our outfielding th- concerns that we talked about earlier in the podcast a week or two ago, I don't know. We're all over the place. Kavaris tears. Uh, played a great game uh, in right field. I thought his bat also looked really good. Um, he ended up going, what did he go, uh, two for two. Uh, for that, with three RBIs, his bat is, is something. Uh, it is rumored that he might have hurt his hamstring. I've not heard anything on that. And postgame pressers, Tony did not allude to that one way or the other. So is what it is on that. If I hear something, you all will be the first to know. Uh, old Doe, Chase Dolander, went six and two-thirds with eight strikeouts on two walks. He did allow three earned runs. I don't care about that. We won the game. That's all I was really looking for. Seth Halverson also pitched a great game as well. He went two and a third uh, with one strikeout and one walk. He did allow a run. Uh, it was unearned, though, so it was not an, it was an unearned run. So that was Friday night's game. Uh, like I said, the Vols did win 10-4 to four on Friday night's contest. Let's jump over to Saturday. And this was a barn burner of a game that I did not get to watch hardly any of. I didn't even get to listen to it. I was busy doing other things, so I apologize. But I did watch the recap, and I do have the box score in front of me. So we'll cover it the best I can. Texas A&M did come out again on uh, Saturday. This was on the SEC Network. We were on the big, big time. And Sunday's game was on Big ESPN, which is shocking to me, but whatever. Um or Saturday's game, Texas A&M came out again like they've done all weekend long, put two up on us early against Chase Burns. I, I don't know what it is with this team, but we rallied, and that's all you can do. This was a back-and-forth game all Saturday afternoon. Uh, Tennessee ended up winning this game in walk-off fashion by Jared Dickey, uh, sacrifice fly to right field, uh, winning that game 8-7. to seven. It was great. Barn burner. I hate I missed it, but again, I did watch, you know, the highlights from that. Uh, Maui Ahuna had a double. Jared Dickey had a triple. No home runs or anything like that. You're going to have to give the player of the game to Jared Dickey for winning that in the end of the game uh, on the sacrifice fly there to score a run late. It's back and forth contest all day long. I'm here for it. Chase Burns went five and two-thirds, and he does not get the win. Camden Sewell gets the win. It was good to see Camden. He pitched two-thirds of an inning, uh, looked really good, came in through three pitches and got a ground out, double play. That's all you can ask for, Camden. I mean, do do big veteran things like you always do. Uh, Andrew Lindsay also solid, solid performance. He went two and one-thirds inning, striking out four on one walk, no earned runs or anything like that. Fantastic to see. Maui Ahuna has really come into his own, and I'm excited for it. Happy to see it. He is really, I don't know if he's going to be that veteran guy, but he is doing big things. Him and Christian Moore, I've talked about them at nauseum. Podcast word there for all of you all. Uh, I'm excited to see them. Blake Burke eh, didn't have the greatest days going one for five, but it is what it is. A win is a win, and a series win is what this team needed. 
They're going for the sweep today, which would be fantastic. Would right all the wrongs of last week if this team's able to sweep. If not, they took two out of three, and that is fine by me. As far as baseball goes, that's all you can ask for. That's all you want is two out of three and keep that momentum going. Uh, I will cover – I'll give you, you know, kind of like I did last week, I'll do kind of a series recap at the end of this podcast. Just put a little bow on it high-level thoughts, you know, if we won the game. If not, at the moment we're winning, uh, but we shall see. You never know. Baseball's a long sport. You can go either way with Texas A&M here at this point in time. But we got a series win. That's all I'm concerned about at this point in time. Uh, Moving forward, because I like to tell you things and then come back and tell you other things. That's just how Norm does it. Uh, After Texas A&M this week, we have a midweeker with UNC Asheville. That's Tuesday. Oh, that's a 430 first pitch if you want to try and sneak out to the ball game ballpark and then things get exciting because next week we travel to baton rouge uh, and just letting you know that's a thursday night game uh it's also the first uh, opening day for major league baseball i know i will be tuned in to the vols versus lsu that's a thursday through saturday uh series because most of those games i'm pretty sure are, are on the sec network so that'll be a Thursday, 8 o'clock first pitch, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, so next Sunday, you will not hear me on my voice recorder. And then the following week, uh, the Gators come to town. We don't have a midweek between that because I do believe that's Easter week as well. Uh, it's another Thursday, Friday, Saturday matchup, and that's against the Gators. All those games are on Big SEC Network as well. So a tough two weeks for the Vols upcoming Let's hope, Norm, in the future, while I'll send all my mojo, that uh, Tennessee will get the sweep, get a good win Tuesday night, and then build some momentum going down to play at at LSU. Uh, LSU took one on the chin against Arkey, Arkansas, Friday night. I have no idea. I know they won Saturday, so the series was tied one-to-one. I'm uninvested at the moment for them, but LSU is a top-five program. It's going to be a hostile environment. I don't know if you've ever seen LSU Stadium. It is essentially like a triple-A park. It's a beautiful stadium. They have Their fans are invested in care. Uh, so we shall see. Uh, you know, Hopefully the Vols can go down there, maybe get a series win, or at least hopefully look respectable and not like we did against Missouri. But time will tell, and we'll go from that. Uh, and, and that's it for the baseball. Again, you will hear some buffer music. I'll come back, and then I'll give you my series highlights and all that stuff in the future. But in the moment, that's what I'll give you right now. All right, everybody, we've talked UT baseball. We've talked UT basketball. Uh, We're also, I don't know what order. I'll probably put this in, and then you'll hear me talk about the series, like I've rambled on several times at the end of the podcast. But let's talk about Atlanta Braves. I mentioned it earlier a few moments ago uh, that Major League Baseball is opening up this weekend, Thursday night. I have no idea, I'm going to be honest with you, who the Braves even start off with, if they're home or away or who they're playing, any of that nonsense. If we're just being honest here, and that's what I want to do on this podcast, is I'm usually, you know, about 97% honest with you most of the times. I'm uninvested. I have watched maybe a, I've not even watched it. I've listened to maybe one spring training game for the Braves. 
I have no idea what they're doing. I know that Dansby walked away. He's now a cubby. Wish him the best, Dansby. Uh, our phenom shortstop, the Von Grissom kid, and and whoever else, Shoemake, were both cut from the Major League roster and sent to AAA. So we're rolling with uh, Orlando Garcia as our opening day shortstop. I have no no clue what that means as the organization goes. Uh, I'm not checked out from Atlanta Braves baseball, but I'm pretty darn close to being checked out. Uh, I mean, I, I know they won the World, the World Series, uh, you know, a season ago, 2021. But um, I'll, I'll cover the Braves. But again, I've said this at length numerous times. It's impossible to watch Braves baseball. Uh, Bally Sports is going under, and I have hoped with all my heart that Netflix, YouTube, Apple TV, Paramount, Peacock, someone would buy the the MLB rights to stream the game so I could watch them. They're not going to. So I will, you know, listen to Ben Ingram and, and the Braves broadcast on the radio and, and keep up with the scores. And I don't know going forward, I guess, on the podcast, how I'm going to cover it. I don't know if I'm going to do a weekly recap. I don't know if I'll do my little voice recorder handicam thing and be like, you know, the Brave, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if anybody even cares about the Atlanta Braves that listens to this podcast. I don't know. So if you listen and you're like, Norm, we don't care about the Braves. Don't cover them. Let me know. And I won't cover them. Or if you're like, Norm, I need to know ERA, batting stats, whip, all that fun stuff. Please let me know. Then let me know. And (laughs) I'll cover it again. I will probably do a weekly recap and let you know the Braves went, you know, three and three, two and four, whatever they went going forward i don't know how much i'll deep dive into the atlanta braves while tennessee baseball is going on it's just a lot to cover i mean i'm not making excuses for myself i just don't i'm just not invested in the atlanta braves at the moment as as nicely as i can say that i've told you they're impossible to watch i've told you all those things and i just you know thursday maybe i'll be excited you know with major league baseball starting maybe i'll you know, get out my pine tar and my, you know, my sliding batting ovens mitt, my pit vipers and all that stuff. But, you know, Sunday before on the 26th, as I'm recording this, I I don't even know. I think I don't even know who the opening day starter is going to be. I've told you I don't even know who they're playing, where they're playing, what time they're playing or any of that stuff. So, you know, we'll see. I guess Sunday, a week from now, when I'm doing the podcast, we'll we'll see how I'm feeling and 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 what we're recording for that and all that nonsense. But uh, I think that's it for me. I'm not going to close it out now because, I, like I said, I'm going to come back and throw the uh, brave stuff on there. Or actually, I think I'm going to record. Uh, it doesn't matter. You all don't care. Uh, but uh, I think I'll come back and close this out. But that's my thoughts on the Braves at the moment. I hope they have the best series ever. My prediction is they will probably win the NL East again for like the sixth straight year in a row Uh, because, you know, that's what they do. And then maybe I'll get motivated and excited as the season goes on. But but right now on March the 26th, I I really don't care. So, all right, that's that for my Braves talk, and I I think we're going to wrap it up here in just a second. Shit. 
everybody, it's Norm coming to you. This is uh, our little post-game recap from Game 3 of the Texas A&M Series. Tennessee went ahead to win that game. Uh, let's check the final here. It was 9-6. to uh, Texas A&M did score some runs late in the game there. We had it in hand pretty much after the first inning. Tennessee did give up uh, another first-inning run to Texas A&M, which they had done all weekend long, but that's okay. Tennessee battled back to win the series, and it was great to see. I, th- I think, you know, Norm's thoughts and reflections, and I'll give you some, you know, series stats and things like that in just a second, but reflecting over, you know, these three games compared to Missouri last week, I, I don't know if we want to call it a fluke or if it was just the weather. I'm, I'm kind of getting sick and tired of the local media and everyone saying, you know, it was just the weather last week. Missouri still had to play in the weather for that. I, I'm kind of burnt out or overhearing that, hey, it was the weather, it was the weather, it was the weather. It, it, two teams had to play in that weather. Tennessee, you know, their body language didn't look good last week, whatever. I've harped on that already. I'm not going to do that. But it was good to see them bounce back, take a series win. I, I'm not going to say it was a must-have series win, but it was darn near close to must-have series win because, you know, coming down the pike – Tennessee's next four series, and I'm not counting midweek games here for, you know, whatever reason, I'm not going to count those, but starting Thursday night, we play at number one LSU. Uh, Then the following weekend, we play number three Florida at home. Then we play away number six Arkansas, and then we play number four Vandy at home. Now, these are the rankings as of, you know, today. I'm giving you these on March the 27th. Again, if you haven't heard, I'm kind of I recorded some stuff Saturday, I recorded some stuff Sunday, and I'm recording some stuff Monday, and I'm kind of hodgepodging this all together as we go, which is fine and dandy, but you know, I'm just letting you know that the, the rankings are up to date as of today when I'm recording this segment of the podcast. So Tennessee's road does not get any easier. If anything, it gets more difficult, uh, you know, and, and, and some of these numbers are kind of telling for me going forward. But let me give you some series numbers, and then I'm going to give you some SEC numbers as well. Unless your name was Zane Denton, who I'm going to give player of the game to for Sunday's game, let me just read you his stat line really quickly, and I'm sorry you hear my paper shuffling because I'm doing things old school while I'm in the car. Uh, Zane Denton on Sunday was 3-for-3 with the walk and five RBIs and two home runs, which is just ridiculous. I'm glad to see Zane Denton, who is, you know, if you're unaware, came from Alabama. He's officially got his VFL card after yesterday's performance. Glad to see it. I don't know what that does. Locker room mentality when you transfer after playing at Alabama for three years. I don't know if people are still trying to give you one of them roll, you know, whatevers or a Bammer whatever for that but he he can now sing rocky talk when he goes to sleep at night and, and i'm i'm glad to see that it was a nice coming out party for him also speaking about zane denton it was i don't know if it's tony's wonderful management skills or if it was just luck of the draw but putting zane denton batting ninth in the order i think is a sneaky thing that we should see going forward anytime you have a three for three with two home runs obviously you're going to want to see that again but we've had struggles in the bottom of the lineup, and I think putting him down there, you know, he's batting ahead of Maui. Essentially, if you want to look at it that way before we turn the lineup over again, I think that's fantastic to see. Really think going forward that is something that is probably going to carry out throughout this the season, I would think, unless, you know, he goes through some big slumps. And, hey, it's baseball. Everybody slumps. It's, it's just when they happen and how short they're going to be or, you know, if they don't carry out. But – 
Only time will tell on those things. Let me give you some quick stats here, some series recaps from the game or the series that was against Texas Agriculture and Mechanical. A&M for those of you who don't follow along. Uh, Zane Denton had a wonderful weekend. Uh, overall, he was four of six with the two home runs, like I said yesterday, six RBIs and five walks. Uh, he batted a cool 667, which is just fantastic to see against SEC opponents. Uh, if you want me to give you his slash line, uh, which for those of you who don't know, that is batting average on base and slugging. Uh, his average, like I said, was 667. On base was 818, and slugging was a 1.667. So you, you have yourself a weekend, Zane didn't. I hope you went up to uh, cookout or wherever it is that the kids eat at the strip these days and had yourself a good meal. Jared Dickey also had a pretty good weekend. He was 6 of 11, which equals out to 545 batting average with one walk. Uh, did have three RBIs on the weekend. It's fantastic to see. Some bad news bears, uh, you know, not slump stuff that happened. Malyahuna was just 3 of 12 uh, with two walks, uh, which is about a 250 batting average. Christian Scott, who I advocated for last week, maybe we should see his glove and deal with his batting woes. We did see his glove, and we did see his batting woes. One of seven for the weekend, which is a 143. No walks. Uh, he did have one RBI. Not the greatest of weekends for Christian Scott, but it's okay. It is what it is, essentially, at this point in time. Uh, Griffin Merritt, who, you know, was the, the transfer, you know, soon to be better right fielder than Jordan Beck, was touted by a lot of the local media guys. Uh, he's not. He didn't show up at all. He had an 0 for, for the weekend, an 0 for meaning zero batting average. He was 0 for 10, did have a walk, so maybe that was, you know, a whatever there as far as that goes, and four putouts, but... Griffin Merritt did not come to play. Kavars Tears, who uh, I've yet to hear anything about his injury possibly, uh, did. He was two for two, so that's a cool 1,000 there as far as that goes. But time will tell as far as his injury goes, it, it, you know, things like that. Uh, pitching stuff, still had some early runs from Chase Dolander. I heard from, you know, reputable sources, the Internet, uh, that he had a little communication issues. Uh, Jared Dickey did start Friday night's game. Have no idea if I talked about that or not going forward in the podcast, or I guess we're rewinding. Uh, but Jared Dickey did start the game. Dolander does not like to use the pitch comm device. He likes to use, you know, old school signals. I apologize for the police siren going on here. No way for me to uh, edit that out, so we're just going to deal with it. Hopefully you didn't hear it too much in the background. Um, but that, that was kind of the early runs there. Maybe we could, uh, you know, attest to that. Jared Dickey was in the outfield, then played catcher. So who knows how that's going to shake up going forward. Uh, Kirby Connell and Zach Joyce did not have great outings this weekend. I think both of those guys are going to bounce back. You know, you, you got to go through the rough stuff. You got to grind it out to make those diamonds, as they would say in these days, the kids would. Uh, but I'm not worried about those guys at all. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, just as a whole, SEC statistics, uh, I'm not going to give you the midweek stuff or all the games. I just want you to focus on the six games that we've had so far in the SEC. And hopefully I'm not talking too fast. I am in the car, so you know, if anybody sees me, hopefully they don't think I'm a weirdo or anything. But whatever. Uh, currently, your batting average leader in the clubhouse is Christian Moore. He's batting 421. Jared Dickey is right behind him with 353. Again, these are SEC stats. I'm not going to give you all the games. These are just a six-game sample size. So take that as you will. 
Uh, Blake Burke has not had the greatest of SEC performances. He did have a home run the other day. Uh, currently, right now, he's batting 174 in SEC play. Again, that's a small sample size, but we are at 23 at-bats. Take that as you will. He does have the one home run and three ribbies. Ribbies are RBIs. Uh, Griffin Merritt, who I did talk about earlier, he is one for 19 in six games uh, batting. That is kind of a scary statistic for me to say as far as that goes. Hopefully he turns that around. I, I don't know if he needs to get some good mojo. Maybe he needs some Gus's fried chicken, some Bojangles, uh, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A. I'm not sure what the kid needs to eat, but you know, hopefully he'll turn it around and, and show us up for that. Uh, a stat that we were concerned about earlier in the season, which is still troubling, so a little to norm, uh, is runners left on base. We've got 32 throughout six games of play. What is six divided by that? That's We're going to high math that here. That's, you know, five plus a game, I guess you could say. Uh, is that right? Six divided by 36 would be six. So it's a little under, you know, we'll say six. We'll round up six men on base per game, which I guess is okay. Hopefully we can clean that up and sure that up a little going forward because as I alluded to earlier in the podcast or in this segment, things don't get any easier. And we'll segue into that going to LSU for our thirst first thursday night contest of the season Uh, they're going to be going up against their friday night guy paul skeens who tennessee had flirted with earlier on in the season Uh, we shall see he uh, a lot of people chris burke tennessee you know veteran hall of famer tennessee should have his name out on the left field wall along with uh r.a dickey and is r.a dickey's out there i don't know who's out there i know todd helton's is out there not sure about r.a dickey's I, i think his is I could be wrong on that. Don't judge me. I have no internet connection at the moment. But um, Paul Skeens is is touted as the next Shohei Otani of college baseball. He's a two-way guy. He can field it. He can pitch it. It's got nasty stuff. Uh, Really looking forward to seeing how Tennessee handles him. Norm, what are your expectations for that series? I want to win a game. Look, I'm going to be as realistic as I can. Call balls, balls, strikes, and strikes on this podcast taking one at LSU who's probably, you know, I told you they were number one in the nation. They're number one in the nation for a reason. They play in a beautiful ballpark. It's, it's you know, double-A, triple-A style stadium they play in. Their fans are next level, as some would say. I would like to take a game and not get swept. Uh, really going over those next, you know, 12, you know, games that we've got with that lineup, I, I think, you know, seven and five. You know, and get a sneak a series win out somewhere, you know, or, or get both series wherever I think is a realistic number for Norm. Anything above seven and five, you know, really, if I was in the odds, I would say, you know, six and a half wins out of that. I would take it all day long to the bank. Going 500 over our next, you know, four series, it would be good to me. I'm all over the place on six and six or seven and five. But really, I think breaking even against arguably four teams in the top 10 in college baseball would be a heck of an accomplishment for this team. I've told you from the beginning, you cannot judge the 2023 baseball team on what the 2022 team did. They were a historic program, a once-in-a-generational college baseball team. Please do not judge them on last year's team. Other teams are going to do it, but as a fan base, I'm urging you, please do not do that. Please, 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 please. They're a fantastic team. They're still young. They're still figuring things out together. They're only going to get better as the season goes on. Taking them on the chin early is going to help them do that later on. 
do I still want them to win games? Yes, but I need to temper my expectations. It's like when a Marvel movie comes out. Hey, I know this is coming out. Is whoever going to be in it? No. Okay, that's fine. I've tempered. I've tempered. I've tempered it. I've not watched the trailer 27 times. Whatever. That's all I'm telling you to do. I want you to just enjoy the ride with this team. I've said it before on this podcast. Enjoy the ride. They're a fun program to watch. They look like last year's team this weekend against Texas A&M. I think going forward, I think we're going to say, hey, that Saturday comeback walk-off win was the pivotal point in the season. Maybe we'll have another pivotal point against LSU or Florida or Vandy or Arkansas, but the schedule does not get any easier for the next foreseeable four or five weeks. It tails off toward the end. Kentucky is still a good program. South Carolina is a good program. I actually don't know if we play South Carolina, but whatever. Um, I, I'm urging you, do not stop being a fan. If they, they get swept at LSU, LSU is a great, great, great baseball team. They bought a lot of – oh, did I say bought? I mean, they NIL moneyed a lot of really good players to come down there. They already had a really good team. They've only solidified by getting some good transfers in. I am not going to be upset if we lose two out of three. I'm personally, as long as we are competitive, not going to be upset if we lose all three games down there. Really want to win one, but I'm not going to be upset. Again, as long as we are, you know, asterisk, highlighter, mark it in there. As long as we are competitive in all three games, I'm not going to be that bent out of shape. Programming note, remember that game starts Thursday night. You know, watch it instead of MLB. MLB plays for 162 games. You can't even watch MLB on TV unless it's the Yankees, the Red Sox, or the Dodgers. I'm not a fan of any of those teams, so I will be watching LSU and Tennessee, and then I will be reporting next week and giving you all the fun stuff that happened on the week. Unfortunately, we won't be covering basketball. Wink, wink, nod, nod. But seriously, I want to thank all those basketball kids. Great season. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it later on when it's not so fresh. We'll let the wound heal a little. You know, bullet for a Band-Aid, as Taylor Swift once said. And uh, I think that's it for me. Again, we'll cover LSU as we go back. And I'm going to cut it to in the past, but we'll be in the future for you all, Norm, to close us out with this. I, I didn't, this whole podcast, I don't even know if anybody will notice, on my little handheld recorder, if you thought the audio sounded like crap, please let me know, and I will not do that going forward. Uh, but again, I, I pieced it together. We had the basketball recap Saturday on the handheld. Sunday, I did it on the handheld just to see how it would work with my quote-unquote studio setup. And then again in the car to wrap things up after Game 3 and series thoughts. I really like being able to do that, you know, just in the car during lunch or whatever it is just chit chat with you guys if you hate this format and you would much prefer you know just norm wait a couple days give us the podcast on tuesday wednesday with your studio setup let me know just you know or if you don't even care that's that's acknowledgement enough it's like in a corporate meeting when no one says anything yes is the answer But again, that's me for Norm. You will hear me say goodbye, and I love you all again here in just a second. But goodbye. Thank you for listening, and we will see you guys in the future. All right, everybody, that has been the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm sure it was all over the place. I know I've got 
future content that'll be added on at the end, but you'll hear this at the very end. So it was added on. We talked brave stuff. I've got maybe a rooftop rocket report coming in. I, I, it's it's all out in the ocean at this point in time. It is it is. I'm crystal balling a lot of this. So if you heard it, you heard it. If you didn't, it'll be on next week's podcast. But thank you so much for listening. It really does mean a lot to me uh, coming from the bottom of my heart. I love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for spending, you know, however long the podcast was listening to me rant and rave about Tennessee baseball, basketball, and a little Atlanta Braves mixed in there with you today. Still working on getting a Last of Us recap uh, with my good friend Jeremy. We were busy this week at work. It just didn't happen. It's coming. It's coming. I promise. I promise it's going to come down the line soon. But that has been this week's episode of Scruffy City Sports. Again, thank you for listening. I love each and every one of you. And until next time, I will see each and every one of you in the future. Have a good one. (laughs) 